Hello, and welcome to the Astro Coaching Podcast. This is your host, Amber Brown, and I'm so glad that you are here to listen to this message. We talk everything about empowerment here using two of my favorite resources, astrology and coaching, and we dive into many other topics of different avenues and vehicles available to support our own healing, growth, and freedom. Thank you again for being here, and I hope you really love this episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here. This is Amber, your host to the Astro Coaching Podcast. And I have one of my favorite astrologers with me today, Nikki White. She's an astrologer and a healer. She works, does priestess work. She does counseling astrology. And uh, I, I so honor Nikki's journey of being an astrologer because I feel like she's a rare type of her understanding of astrology and how she really gets to the core and the and the basics and the mechanics of how astrology works which i feel like is rare honestly in the astrology world and she, you really inspire me in that way um which is why i was i really wanted to have you on my on my podcast but um <laughs> Yeah, we've been connected for a few years now. I feel like it's been, I don't know exactly how many, but at least three, three, three or four. But yeah. um, yeah, we connected originally through Rose Lineage stuff, which um maybe we'll get into later, but connects to astrology through um through Venus and her orbit. But yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about you, Nikki, and what you what your little bit about your background or who you are, the kind of work you do and I'd love to hear what brought you to where you are now, if you're open to sharing. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the meandering story of how many different things can I be before I land on the one I want to be, you know, <laughs> total Mars and Gemini, <laughs> like ooh, <laughs> shiny objects. Let's do that. Uh, no, but I think it's all, it's all mystically related, you know, it's all, it's all divine and, and soul driven. So it, at some point, you know, we got to stop shaming ourselves for wanting to explore all the different things and, and not being just one thing, you know, and that's, that's where I'm at now. And just like earlier, before we started the podcast, you were like, what do you want to be called? And I'm like, yeah, it's such a hard one because I'm okay with being all of it or some of it and not all of it, you know, just like going around and around. So mm -hmm. in a good way. So I started my journey like into adulthood as an art educator. So I was an art teacher um, at high school. I actually have, I have three art certifications in three states. So I can teach K through 12 and the recession hit, you know, the first one <laughs> and, um, and I, and I lost my job and at the same time, my partner and I were like talking about moving to California and that just materialized in three days. Wow. So it was like, okay, so Friday we decided and by Monday he had a job offer and we moved within a few weeks after that. So I ended up going into marketing because that was the only job I could find out here. They don't have our education out here in California, at least mm -hmm. back when I was here, um, and then I started doing a lot of creative marketing and then I started to miss the kids, you know, mm -hmm. and I started to miss the kids and I wondered like, what, what about it did I miss? And it wasn't necessarily the art teaching, but it was the counseling. 
because the art teacher is always the counselor, right? The one where the kids go in on their free periods and talk to and talk about their life and they're processing their life through their art. Mm. So I became a life coach. So I went and got a certification doing that. And that was 2012. Mm. So since 2012, I've been exploring, I've always been really mystical, really spiritual and like love the occult and diving deep and like the why of the why of the why, you know, like why does this happen? Why does this work? Where does this all come from? Mm-hmm. And I landed on in the last like four years or so that everything comes from astrology. Like mm-hmm. that's the, it's the basis of it all, right? Cause that's our experience here on earth is what our sky is doing and Mm -hmm. from there you get math and you get science and Mm -hmm. you get art and you get expression and because all the planets are all the things of Mm -hmm. our experience here you know so that just then kept me going and going and finding more wise and then I found the rose lineage and like how that's related to astrology and I was just like everything is astrology everything And that's kind of like my little tagline. I say astronomy in my little tagline because it's, it's more about the the mechanics of the stars and the things, but still everything's astrology, religions, astrology, our experience is based off of the influence of astrology. Our souls come through, you know, like the, the ancients would say, like our souls came through the seven spheres of each planet and grabs on to that specific energy of that placement as our soul literally is traveling through those spheres onto the earth Mm -hmm. so everything is is astrology so it just Mm -hmm. keeps I keep on going and I keep on asking why and it gets me to this uh like I was telling you earlier a more masterful place of Mm -hmm. understanding astrology on a very deep level and how that affects our internal life so I always say like I'm a lover of outer space and inner space because it's really (laughs) one and the same thing so yeah that's that's my little story wow that was so powerful (laughs) oh thanks (laughs) that was like I was like I had goosebumps multiple times wow yeah geez it's just like it's just obvious that you're here to fulfill this purpose, you know, and like to share your passion and your wealth of knowledge with the world about this message, you know, it's just like, it's just, wow, really, that really landed. That really hit home for me. Yeah. And I, I really want to come back to that word that you said about masterful. And I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I just, I feel like that's what you so uniquely um specialize in is masterful astrology I know it's not even a term but I'm making a term right now because you just like coined it (laughs) (laughs) I and I I like I feel like there's just like astrology can just (sighs) there's just like a lot of like surfacey astrology that goes around social media and the internet and and there's sometimes there there can be like a lack, and at least this is my my interpretation, my opinion, is that there can be like a lack of depth. And and sometimes it's kind of hard to find those people, at least in my experience, it's been hard to find those people who really have that depth, depthful yeah. understanding of astrology. And I know that you're saying about astronomy. And even with that, like I don't even know like 
I mean, I'll speak for myself. Like I know that my understanding of astro- astronomy is not what it probably should be. And I feel like that goes for the case for a lot of astrologers that I come across or listen to. So I just would love to hear about your interpretation of what masterful astrology is or what, yeah, anything that you want to say about this astronomy versus astrology. I'm just curious about your interpretation of that. In, in, I don't want to ever shame anybody for anyone who doesn't view astrology like I do. It's, it is literally my signature to look at it this way like if you are a lot of Sagittarius energy or a lot of maybe even Pisces energy you don't necessarily need all of that grounded energy to understand astrology but because I am really earthy I my Mercury is in Taurus like my my moon's in Virgo I don't actually understand anything unless I understand all the details of what makes it real. Mm. And then I can interpret things by knowing the very groundedness of the information. So I'm not a great person to say like, what is my, I don't know, what does my Venus in Taurus mean? It, it That's great. Like you can memorize things. But what I found out is trying to memorize a bunch of random information of how many different planets there are, how many different signs, all the combinations of them talking to other planets and other signs, it's too much information to memorize. Mm. And I got stuck there. So that's like where my, you know, little bit of my astrology journey, I would get stuck like, okay, like I can memorize all the parts of my chart, right? Because it's only so many combinations, right? Just in my chart. But then I started reading other people's charts and I didn't know what to say. So unless they had a similar placement to me, yeah, because I had the lived experience of what a Mercury and Taurus means. So if they had something like that or an earth Mercury, I could be like, okay, well, it's probably something like this Mm. But for all the placements I don't own. I didn't really know what to say about it. So I had to go deeper and I had to learn about the mechanics of how the planets move and why they do what they do. And Mm. and it's specifically for Venus, right? It's not just from our perspective, it's not just one planet orbiting and always in our view at nighttime, like sometimes she's in the morning and like, why? And what does that mean? And how does that express in a person? And how do I find that in their chart, right? And how do I tell if they're a morning star or an evening star? So it just kept me going down this path of my own mastery. Everybody's mastery is a different path, right? And when we share our masteries, we can add on to our masteries, right? So it really isn't about shaming someone for not doing things the way I do them, but me expressing my own mastery so that it can be met with somebody else's mastery, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we can put it together. And we can learn more and more and more. So for me, masterful astrology is to really understand what the planets are doing Mm -hmm. and what each sign means on an archetypal level. So archetypes are as, as basic, as foundational as you can get. And then they spread out from there. So it's like an umbrella, right? So if you can understand the top of the umbrella, you can kind of discern what will happen at the at the base of the umbrella mm. and what stands out from there. And if you're trying to just learn 
the fringes of the umbrella, it's very hard to bucket it back up. So mm. if you start at the top of the bucket, you can just kind of like flow down and understand it and then start adding on, okay, the planets go in that one umbrella and that's going to feel like this. And then you can learn what it does for, you know, for people in their life. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Such good stuff. I'm so glad we're talking about this because I totally can identify with what you're saying as an astrologer and just, I, yeah, I've, I think I've had the same journey. Like I, I really was curious about my own chart. I started to get a bunch of rabbit. I was even trading with an astrologer at one point, um, before I like started doing astrology. And I just wanted to know, I just wanted to hear what she had to say about my chart, like over and over and over again. I just wanted to like absorb that information and different anyways, but I, and then I started to read other people's charts and it was like, I had the basic understanding, but I didn't understand the cycles of the planets. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm hearing what you're saying. It's like, cause the planets all do have their own cycles, just like we do, you know, and a lot of people know the moon, like for example, the moon has like a 28 day cycle, which rule, which pulls the tides. And it's very similar to the women's or, you know, female body cycle, menstrual cycle and et cetera. So a lot of people, I think that's kind of becoming more basic knowledge, but I really would love to um, well, I just want to validate to what you're saying that I feel like, yeah, understanding the cyclical nature of the planets gives us information into how, what they're like. And actually I think that I learned, I, I learned that from astrologer years ago, right? And I don't know if this is true or not, but that we actually got our interpretation in astrology from the cycles of the planets, like the way that they are with other planets or the way that the, that they are in the sky, um, and I really would love to talk about Venus, like the cycle of Venus, because I know you and I are connected and, or this is kind of what brought us together originally was around Venus and the Rose lineage. And I'd love to hear like maybe, yeah, just a little bit about your journey of learning about, about, um, Venus and how it's like impacted you. And, and yeah, I'd just love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I don't, I don't ever start with astrology, but I always land there. <laughs> So like wherever I get um, influenced by or or like I have like a soul pull to like want to be a part of something, then a then I will find how it's related to astrology. Yeah. So like I got this like pull to be a priestess of the Rose lineage mm -hmm. and I didn't know why I didn't even know what it was. And I would ask my mentor at the time, like, what does this even mean? You know, like I know I want to be in it and what does it even mean? And she actually couldn't tell me. And then I was like, mm, okay, like <laughs> whole other, that's a whole other ball of wax. Why she couldn't tell me, but <laughs> that set me on a journey of figuring out why. And I, you know, uh, then I started getting into the goddesses and how the goddesses are all astrologically related and everything just always goes back to astrology. So I started learning about Venus or another word for her is Anana, Ishtar, mm -hmm. Aphrodite, and the the priestesses that would serve her. And that's essentially what a priestess started off as is someone who was the walking embodiment of the goddess they were serving. And that goddess was always connected to a planet. Mm most likely it's it's either the moon or it's venus because those are the feminine planets that we have but so there would be priestesses as walking human expressions of the goddess 
so that the goddess lived on earth right and then the patriarchy comes in and starts to take over and the goddess gets wiped from society completely and then women start getting shamed and called witches and put to death and you know all of that stuff started happening to women and being a part of the rose lineage is a part of the resurgence of the power of the woman and it all is in order to bring back the goddess to the planet or our planet Mm. which comes from serving a goddess that is on another planet you know (laughs) is a Mm -hmm. venus or a or a, a lunar so that just got me into like okay well what am i serving then i can't just blindly serve something right like that's mm. that to me is ignorant and i shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that right like mm. okay if i'm going to be a part of this lineage that is a i'm going to be a woman that is a walking embodiment of a goddess or an aspect of her then who is she and where does she come from because i want to know what i'm signing up for right mm. <laughs> and yeah. And then I start looking into it, you know, you're finding all the connections of, of Venus and the planet and what Venus will represent in astrology, you know, art and beauty and love and sex and pleasure and all of those things. And then I look at my own chart and I'm ruled by Venus <laughs> by like a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm a labor rising, my son's in Taurus and I have Venus culminating. So she's on my midheaven. She's mm-hmm. the most important planet of my chart. So it, it's definitely like, oh, okay, well, that's why I was drawn to it, right? It makes mm. sense now. Mm. It's all astrological and it makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's kind of like how, how that all started for me. Mm. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. And, and especially like, I didn't even think about how it shows up in people's chart. And it kind of, it makes me curious, like maybe I'd love to hear your opinion about if, so- if someone's listening right now and like, maybe they want to dedicate themselves on a path of, you know, whatever you want to call that intention, consciousness, whatever spirituality, and maybe they do want to dedicate some of that energy to a planet. Like what, how do you have any ideas or suggestions about how they navigate that? Or like maybe how to see it in their chart or following their intuition, or just curious if you have any ideas for people listening. The first thing that comes to my mind is to literally put yourself outside at nighttime. Mm. Put yourself outside at nighttime, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's nighttime, that's before dawn nighttime, right? Like four in the morning and look at the sky and study it, right? Mm -hmm. Understand where are you on the planet and where is East to you right now? Mm. And then look in that direction Mm -hmm. every night at the same time for a year do it for six months because then you'll actually you'll see the change within six months and if you do it for a year you'll see it all come back around Mm -hmm. and that is the best way in my opinion to connect to either dedicating yourself to a a, to a planet or, or just being able to converse with the planet yeah because you can petition the planets for help Mm. you can petition that energy to come through and help for you but not if you don't have a relationship with it and because what what thing right anything in this world what thing is going to come to your aid that you don't have a relationship with you know like I think about essential oils all the time because that's a big part of my practice and they don't 
help you as much as if you spend time with them, if you know them, if you understand their constituents, and you know, and you understand what they really smell like. Like, can you smell them without smelling them? Do you know what they are? Do you know what they do for you? Like when you interact with them. And when you have that relationship, you start to actually build this psychic quality where you can feel and read and and do things without being in direct contact with that thing, right? Without standing under the stars or without holding the essential oil in your hand. Mm, yeah. Once you have that relate, just like you with your sibling or you with your mother or whoever, you have a relationship with them so you can feel them even when you're not communicating. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way for me to start any sort of spiritual practice is to first establish the relationship. Mm -hmm. And we get really, you know, we're in our, the Amazon age, right? So everything's got to happen super fast within two days, but <laughs> like no relationship ever that's healthy is completely connected after two days of doing it. Because mm. it's a dedication, you know? God, this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because yes, I, I I can really, I, I love this. This is such gold because yeah, I mean, so much of our lives, you know, are on the screen and then, and which has opened up our worlds in so many ways. I'm not complaining about it. Like so I think grateful it's, for it's, it. it yeah. Yes, me too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, we're having this conversation right now. I'm in uh, on the East coast, you're on the West coast. Like mm -hmm. it's magical and it's powerful in so many ways. I have chills right now. You're saying yeah. that. That's yeah. just so incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It has, it's opened up our world in so many ways. And, and I feel like there's a both and because it's, it, it's, but it's also, it's like, it, it's such a huge resource, but it does also take us away from our natural world. It can take us away from our natural world. Doesn't always. And, and I remember, yeah, it was actually one astrologer, actually the, um, I can't think of her name right now, but she, she does a lot of priestess work. Um, I can't think of her, Achintia. I think I'm saying her name right. Anyways, she um she said she said that she was like go look at Venus in the sky right before uh dusk. This is when she was in her evening star phase. And I was like, "Oh my god, I never even like I was like, duh, I can actually go out and see her." And yeah, and it, and I and I I just so agree with you with this I just like so glad you brought this up because it does it is like it it brings this connection. It's like this actually one-on-one -on -one connection when I go out and observe, even with like the moon, like a lot of people, I know so many people identify with the moon or at least people who are into astrology and, and the moon is so easy because it's, it's the closest planet to us or, you know, and it's, it's easy to see and it's easy to see what phase the moon is in. And mm -hmm. it's easy to, it's easy to interpret at least for, for, for me or other people that I talk to that of what the phase the moon is in, what that means and what we can do with that moon. And, etc. Um, but other planets, I, I just really appreciate that. Cause it, it does like, like Venus, I'm just going to speak to Venus cause I love Venus so much, but I feel like it's special when I get to see Venus. Cause she's kind of mysterious in that way. You know, it's yeah. like, you can't mm -hmm. see her all the time. You can only see her right before dawn or right, right before, or right after the sun. Yeah. Right after the sunset. 
And so it is, it's like, I feel like special. I'm like, oh my God, yay, there's Venus, you know? Um, She's an evening star. It's easy, right? It's like, just get out at sunset and like the most beautiful thing will will bless you, you know? It's so easy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it gives us information. Like, like when she's in her morning star phase, like, you know, I mean, which we don't have to get into that right now, but like, it does give us information about what that is like for me, it's like kind of what she's guiding us into, into my day or into my future, or she's in her evening star phase, like what that, what that phase of her life is like, you know, and then when she's, when she's dark, you know, when she goes, um, what is it behind, I think behind the sun or when she's in a retrograde period, like we can't see her. And, you know, the, the, anyways, that has a whole symbolism to it. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so I appreciate you bringing that up and yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really curious about your personal journey. If you're open to sharing about like, if you have any planets right now that you feel like you're building a relationship with and what that has Mm, oh god yes bringing up in your life every transit that happens i have to have a relationship with that planet you know because some of them are pretty freaking painful (laughs) like all right i surrender what do you want to tell me (laughs) i don't want to do this anymore yeah (laughs) yeah um right now hands down it's a saturn relationship Mm. hands down hands down Mm. hands out that's it that's it right now um just got through a lot of transits with Saturn, mm-hmm. um, not easy ones, which are they ever easy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and working with discipline and climbing mountains and understanding that mountain climbs are not supposed to be easy and not quitting after when things get hard and continually to keep my sights on the, you know, focused on the top of the mountain and finding the tools to get there and the mentors and the things that I need to, to get to the goal that I have. And in my life, I've been kind of originally as a child trained to be a little bit helpless and having to come out of that and learn that I actually do have control over how my life works and, and gaining my own sense of power with decision-making and moving forward and moving I mean you're a Capricorn so like you know this like in your core Mm -hmm. already yeah Uh, it's something I had to learn right and opposing my my moon for nine months you know trans Saturn transits if you have if you hit them during a retrograde you know nine months so it's like okay all right Mm -hmm. you're gonna restrict like literally everything for me right now until Mm -hmm. I until I realize this little lessons I need to, to realize. But once you befriend Saturn, you can, you can do things, you can achieve goals. You can, you can dismantle constructs in yourself and in society. You know, that's, that's the other side of Saturn. We forget is the Aquarius side of him. Mm. The one that dismantles all the structures that shouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. Or, or, dismantling in a way that brings back power to something that had been taken away right like the goddess or or in uh to go down from the goddess women right like Mm -hmm. bringing that back so for sure saturn is the relationship i'm building and i'm also building like simultaneously a venus relationship too because venus had been one of those things that came easy to me so i didn't feel like it was valuable for a long time like 
art wasn't really a valuable thing in my life because it was so easy. Like I didn't have to work for it. And now I'm bringing it back and like in my healing practice and doing some art therapy with my clients because it is easy to me and I should be like, uh, you know, honoring the easy as well as, as the difficult things mm -hmm. too. And yeah. like allowing art to be important in my life again. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's, that's, yeah, I love that. I, I'm curious, you said a word that I really want to come back to. You said bef befriending, <laughs> which mm -hmm. I feel like is a really great word for the, for the process of using, or at least kind of what am I, what I'm hearing what you're saying, using the planets or using astrology as a resource. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if we can like speak to maybe your journey or any suggestions you have of like, if people maybe st are struggling with befriending a planet or resisting um, what the planet is here to teach them or show them or like how, how you have, or how someone else can befriend that journey or that process. Yeah. And I will always start with everything grounded. So how do we befriend something in real life? Right? So we befriend something in real life. Uh, it can be hard to do because there's a lot of, we don't grow up in this society with the proper tools emotionally to befriend people healthy in a healthy way, right? So a lot of people will befriend another person by oversharing because oversharing means that if I get it all out, then, they, then they'll have to accept me or they just won't and they'll walk away really fast or they'll be my friend really fast. And that creates kind of this weird codependent like, connection enmeshment with someone and so rushing a connection is never really a, a healthy thing be, and we don't do that because there's vulner vulnerability involved right like I'm not I'm not comfortable waiting to see if you like me or not so I'm going to lay it all out on the table today just to get over this discomfort and so if we learn how to befriend or even to be emotionally stable and healthy between our interrelationships with other people, we can then learn how to do that with planets. And it's just the same way, right? Like you're never going to just be like, Jesus Christ, Saturn, like just fucking tell me what you want to do right now. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to just like journal for 20 hours and you know like tell you all of my dirt you know yeah that's not how it's gonna really work right because Saturn's gonna be like what the fuck I get out of here with this this isn't what I do you know <laughs> so then you just have to take it you know step by step and mm -hmm. really honestly for me it starts with like okay real life, right? Like if I have a friend who still is on the East coast and they have no idea where I live in California, cause they haven't really taken the time to learn because mm. California is like a different country to eat people on the East coast. Cause I grew up there. <laughs> so it's like how I express it anyway, when they don't take the time to look at a map and see where I really live, mm how is that connected to me? How does mm. that make me feel like you're my friend, right? Like that, you don't know where I live. Mm. What friend of mine doesn't know where I live? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so like, what about Saturn? Have you gone outside and learned where he lives right now? <laughs> is he in California or is he in New York? You know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. 
figure it out and and care care mm. about Saturn yes or whatever planet it is right like go care about it because like that wouldn't be to me a friend doesn't really care yeah and care is the initial emotion and motivator that you feel in order to start a connection mm-hmm. right so learn go outside figure it out use one of the star apps go find the planet you want to connect with and learn about where it lives right now. Mm-hmm. And how long is it going to be living there for? It's in an Airbnb. They all are in Airbnbs, you know? <laughs> like, is it going to be in Pisces for the next uh, Pisces Airbnb for five years or three years or one year? Like, yes. how does that work? Yes. Ask him, figure it out. You also can do this online. You don't necessarily need to go outside because sometimes they're not visible. Sometimes they're only out during the day and you can't see them. Mm-hmm. But you can go on astro.com and look at today's chart and see where is he living and why mm-hmm. is he there and how long is he there for and how how does that connect to you? Like, where is that in your own chart? And start to just care Yeah, in a very grounded reality sense. When I stand on this planet and look in the sky, what's up there? Because it's not the same every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the same all all day, you know, different times a day, things change. So just know where you are on the planet is like really, and it brings you back to connecting with yourself first, right? Where are you right now? (laughs) Where are you spinning around in this, this giant vastness? Mm -hmm. How, how is it? Where are you at eight in the morning? Where are you at 4 PM? Right? Like, how does that all work? And that starts to just really ground in all the energy and the connection that you need with the earth, with you, and with the planets that are above us. I'm mm. so well said. So well said. So good. <laughs> this conversation is just gold. Um, yeah. And I just want to like piggyback off what you're saying and even like use use Saturn return people right now as an example and just kind of break it down as a suggestion for anyone listening right now that like if like what 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 I'm hearing what you're saying is that this would it is to get it we're gonna use Saturn as an example if we go see we we sat we know see we if we can see where Saturn is in the sky right now Saturn's in Pisces and so if you can go to your birth chart and see what's in Pisces and then maybe see how long Saturn's going to be in Pisces and then you'll know okay, so I'm probably going to be going through this Saturn transit for this amount of time, especially if it's seeing how close it is to different planets in in Saturn or in Pisces. And this may be really good for people who are in their Saturn return to know. I I feel like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people Mm -hmm. in my life right now who are in Saturn returns and Pisces. God bless I know. I'm so glad my Saturn return is over, but this is one thing I will say when I went through my Saturn return, I wish I would have heard this when I went through my Saturn. I wish I had heard this conversation that we're having right now when I was going through my Saturn return, because what I had heard from an astrologer was Saturn returns are always from like 28 to 30, which like, yes, I guess maybe that's an average, but that wasn't completely true for my chart. Like it had there was like some other transits that had happened where Saturn was going back in the same sign where my Saturn is that really activated a lot of stuff for me. And if I had known it from that perspective of like, 
okay, my Saturn is in Capricorn. And when Saturn is in Capricorn from this date until this date, and maybe it'll go back into Capricorn at this time, that would have given me some insight to, to have in the back of my mind, like, okay, I'm probably going to go through some stuff, even if it's like way past 30 for me, it was, it was past 30. Like I had, mm-hmm. there was Saturn went back into Capricorn and it was like, it was like a chapter ended at that point of, of my life. Um, so I just want to say that, that it does. It, yeah. Like what you're saying is so beautifully said because it's a, such a tangible way that anyone can go look up their chart, see where the planets are in the sky right now and just have some information of, okay, like this is going to be happening at this time. Like, and I'm just going to see how it plays out, or I'm just going to know that I get to look out for this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Cause if you have a retrograde, you're born with a retrograde planet, you're going to get the transit sooner than all the people your age. And Mm -hmm. then if it ends up retrograding back in real time, back into your, your chart in that area, like you'll still continue to feel it. And what I've noticed is like people usually find me after their Saturn return because Saturn has this like this barrier he puts on you until mm-hmm. he comes back around and then all of a sudden the barrier breaks open and you're stuck with this rawness of like who you're meant to be but you don't know where to put it yeah. or like you're learning all the different ways you've been conditioned in your life and now you have to uncondition it. And now what, what do you do with that? How do you do that? You know, (laughs) and that is like the power of a planet, even after it's done doing the thing it did in your chart, right? Like he came back around, it's been a year, you lived through it. And now what? Now he, now the, the, he's left you with like all of this, like, I don't want to say destruction, but like it, it, the, a deconstruction of, of what you, you were you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do something with that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that can take years after your Saturn return to like really, yeah. really do something with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there, are there any other suggestions that you have for people who are like really wanting to start on this journey? Like maybe people who are curious about this and are like absorbing the information that we're saying right now, but maybe, need some like really beginner steps, maybe like what were some of your best beginner steps or maybe something you wanted to, what would have been helpful for you to know when you started this journey? I'm just curious if anything comes up for you around that. Learning for learning astrology in, in specific, it really came down to, I wish I learned astronomy first Mm. would have made everything easier. I would have, I would have spent way less time reading about individual placements and would have just understood it because for me, at least in my grounded nature, I need a place to put my information and I can't just hold random information and then like synthesize it and pick it out in the right times and then use it. I need it to be in a system. It has mm-hmm. to be inside of some kind of foundational system. So yes. learning learning the bait you don't have to learn like rocket science but you just just learn like how does the earth turn and why is it why why is it like tilted or is it tilted and what does that do to the sky if we're tilted but the sky doesn't move like what (laughs) does that work and then it just builds on that because once you understand spherical nature and how spheres work and spheres turn then you can cut the sphere up into 12 pieces Mm. and you understand where that 12 piece, where those 12 pieces are 
in recording to your chart and according to time, mm -hmm. 24 hour day, right? And then you can put the planets inside and then you can put clothing on the planets when you figure out what signs they're in, mm -hmm. you know, just keep on, on going. <laughs> but if you don't know the order of the signs or why they're spinning, technically from our point of view, they're spinning, but they're really not. And if you can realize that order of things, you can start to put all the movable pieces in the, the stable pieces, mm. all the movable pieces of information or technically the planets in this, in this scenario into the non-movable sky. Yeah. And then you can start to go, okay, like I, I get this. And then I, it's more a systematic approach to learning than it is random learning and then trying to put it somewhere. Yeah. I find it to be way more difficult, even just in, in general, just being a teacher, like trying to tell people a bunch of random information just overwhelms them. Mm. But if you put it in a systematic form, it's more absorbable and then more retractable when you need it, you know, mm -hmm. you can pull it out and be like, okay, I remember I can at least like lean on this system I learned and then pull out the info I need. Mm -hmm. Gosh, so good. I know. And I don't know any other astrologer who's taught astrology that I've learned from who's set, who suggests that. And I just like commend you up and down for that because I totally agree and yeah. you're leading the pack. No, oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not the Amazon two day approach, but <laughs> it will actually, it's one of those like go slower to go faster kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, learn it, learn it from the get go, yeah. learn it from the basics and the, the very foundational nature of our nature, by the yes. way, like this is our nature learn it. You yes. live on it. Like it's almost a responsibility of yours as a human walking in consciousness to learn how it works because mm -hmm. you're living on it, you know? And then all of a sudden everything else is super easy to, to absorb after that and mm -hmm. way less overwhelming. Yeah. But it does, it takes a little yeah. bit more time or a little bit more. I don't know. You might just need to hear someone tell you to do that first. Mm -hmm. to know you should, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. You don't know, but the, but Google's really easy to go. What does my Venus and cancer mean? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, it's like the, it is the foundation. It's literally what you're saying is like the foundation of astrology. It's literally the foundation. It's like trying, it's like we would, yeah. I mean, Googling, what does my Venus and Capricorn mean is just like, I don't It's, it's like trying to build a house on no first <laughs> yeah exactly on no solid nowhere to put the windows right <laughs> yeah right exactly exactly yeah so I I'm so glad yes thank you is there anything else that you want to share anything else that you feel like it would be helpful helpful or pertinent and to bring up before we bring this to a close I think just in general like if you can't do any of this that we said today at the very least, go and find the moon. The moon is so, like you said earlier, it's so easy, right? It's, she's there every day. And what I want you to look at is where she comes out of when she comes out from the bottom of the earth. Like where, where is that in the sky for you? And over the course of 30 days, 
why does she look like she's moving in the backwards direction? Mm-hmm. Because she will rise from one side to another, but as her phases change, it looks like it's going back in the sky. So just look at that, write it down in a journal, really just draw what she looks like every day. And like, maybe use your compass app on your phone to just be like, well, okay, she, she was half full in that direction. It was this many degrees when I was standing in front of it. Okay. Like three nights later, what does she look like? Mm. And where was it? Where was I standing? And what direction was she in then? And then you can start to see over the course of a period of time, like her phases look like they go backwards. And then you can start to really ground yourself into this planet that rules literally everything of us, you know, (laughs) like like the ancients would say, we as beings on the earth are sublunar because the moon was the, the receiver of all the other planets energies. And then she controlled what happened on the earth or influenced what happened on the earth Mm. so if you can just get in touch with the moon you are three quarters of the way there Mm. and -hmm. that's an easy easy thing to do yeah Mm -hmm. totally I know it's such a great place to start I feel like a lot of people start there and it it is yeah I still I still everything that I connected with with the moon in the beginning of my journey with astrology I still do today you know and it's It is such a foundational part of my practice, but yeah. And if anybody needs any help, I've got two like courses on my website that are, one is very basic and one is more for the already practicing astrologer. And uh, that one's called Wanderology. It's a six part course and it will really Mm. take you through like the mechanics of the spinning and the spheres and all of that stuff. And the other one is literally just in a quick, like, I think it's like an hour or maybe two or hour and a half, something like that. Like a little masterclass on like why the earth is moving the way it is and how that step puts you in your chart and it brings you through that whole thing. So those might be also like helpful little resources to ground yourself in all this information we said today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that was gonna be my next question. Where can people find you? And what what are you offering right now? Anything that may be helpful other than your courses you just mentioned for people listening? Yeah, I am. You can find me at NikkiWhite.com or by Nicole White on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I do have lots of I have lots of courses. (laughs) So many like, and they're, you know, Mary Magdalene, their astrology, they're like, you know, the Rose lineage, they're all that right now. And uh, right now I will be at the end of January. So I don't know when you're putting this out, but at the end of January, I am beginning my uh, priestess training for this, this half of the year. And so we'll be doing some Rose lineage stuff with mm-hmm. a lot of essential oil type, um, the anointrix of, of the worlds that wants to do that. So that's where we're headed this month. And so, yeah, that's, that's about what's going on in my world right now. Awesome. Yay. That's great. Uh, Well, thank you so much. This conversation has literally been like so rich and so deep. I mean, just like, I'm just so glad that we have this conversation because it's, I really feel like this is a really beautiful resource for people on this path of learning. I feel so alive. So thank you for for letting me. Yeah, of course. So grateful. Yes. Well, thank you everybody for being here and listening to this episode. Um, And I hope you all have a beautiful day.
Yeah.